Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. Today with Skip, we're going to talk about objection handling. So Skip, how are you doing today? Wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Wonderful, too. Uh, I was actually chatting about objection handling with my brother today, who just started uh, as an SDR. And uh, so I think it's, it's a very interesting topic. So, you know, we get a lot of objections when we're doing call calls, talking with people, prospects on the phone or during meetings. So maybe if you could define what's an objection would be a first. Yeah. You know, an objection, right, is, is energy. It's someone saying, hey, you're interrupting me. It is someone saying, you know, now's not a good time. It also is energy where someone's feeling uncomfortable and they want to make an excuse. I have to go talk to my boss. Um, now's not a good time. And handling objections in, is, is an interesting topic because people typically don't like being handled. Yeah. So what is an objection? It, it's basically stopping a conversation to say, I've got some energy, I've got some uh, fears, I've got some uh, uncomfortableness, so I don't want to continue the conversation. And you have to try to get through that noise. Okay. Do you have maybe an idea of, uh, because, you know, we have types of objections. So you have like, not interested right now, maybe send me some more information, price is too high. So what are the typical objections uh, people are faced with? Well, typically objections, and, and in my book, I wrote in, in my outbounding book, I wrote, there's typically four types of objections, right? And, and those objections basically come in four different categories, right? And that would be basically no trust, no need, no help, and no energy. Okay. So the first one, right, where there's no trust. I need to have to know more about this, all right? It, it, that's a pretty big claim. Yeah, I've never heard of you. What they're saying is um, they're willing to talk more, but you got to bring something to the table. So yeah. that, that, that category of no trust is out there. The no need, right? It, 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 we're happy with what we have. You know, we're not in the market right now. Sort of like a delay tactic yeah. where you know they may not need it now, but in three months from now, six months from now, things change. So that's something you got to get over. The no help, yeah, we never really need anything that, need anything that complicated. Yeah, we already do business with somebody like you. Yeah. There's no need. 
no connection between I got a problem and I may need to do a solution. And the, the no energy is, you know, we'll do something eventually. We're just not ready yet. I'll get back to you when. Yeah. So we see those four types of, of objections um, a lot. And what's fun, as you all know, is if you know there's these four, you can prepare for them. Yeah. So what do you do for each category? So what are the solutions you have for that? Typically, what we tell people is take the four categories, right? And sit back and say, what are the typical objections we hear? And if you 80-20 it, you're going to come up with three or four per each one. Yeah. You know, I, I've got to go talk to my spouse. Um, I, I, now is not a good time. Whatever they may be. And then at least you've got something that is familiar. One of the interesting things we find is when salespeople have an objection, they hear an objection, they do one of a couple things. One, they freeze. They don't know what to do. It's not part of the script. Second, they get defensive. That's not true. Oh, no, 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 we can do that. And what happens is it starts elevating up and that's a no-win scenario. Yeah. The third is they stop listening and they start talking. And that's not always a good thing. So what we recommend, right, is when you hear an objection, the first thing you should do, without a doubt, is you should agree with it. In a heartbeat, you should agree with it. Why? Yeah. It takes the energy off the table. The customer feels heard. Two, it gives you time to slow down, relax, and really start now tactically working on the objection. I understand how you feel, John. Others have felt that way. What we have found, the classic feel felt found and other things. Yeah. So yeah. when you hear an objection, one of the first things you want to do is agree with it because then that sets the stage for conversation rather than he said, I said, you feel, I feel, your issue, my issue, which is never a win-win. I see. That's very interesting because I was in a call uh, recently. Someone was trying to sell me something And uh, I'm typically the other, you know, typically never buy stuff from salespeople, surprisingly. But, you know, I had an issue. <laughs> and uh, it was some kind of technology to clone salespeople. So first of all, I really don't like the idea of cloning salespeople because it feels like we're just, you know, some, you know, animals that we clone. And so the guy was showing me something that was highly automated, how to do like videos for prospecting. And I was like throwing objections because I was like, okay, doesn't work, doesn't look really nice. It also looks super automated. And the person was really just, you know, as you said, like that, that isn't true. This is how we can do it. This is the feature we have. And so it was someone like very young who actually had never done sales before. And that was very interesting because you have this idea in sales that we are here to convince people that our product is good for them. But as you said, you know, having this agreed with you and then being able to kind of like diffuse the objection, I think is, is, a, is a really important first step. How did you feel when he was countering your, your statements, when he was saying that's not true? How did you feel? I was closing immediately. I was like, I want to end this call because I just don't feel heard. And it was just like, yeah, I didn't feel that great. I really hated having this call. And what would have happened if somebody would have said, Tebow, I fully understand where you're coming from. Typically in a demo like this, the first five minutes, People sit back and go, it's too complicated. If you just give me five more minutes, what you're going to find is the user interface starts adapting. Now, if you can give, how would you feel? Much better. I would have been a bit more curious. 
The thing is, for example, he tried to push me into sharing some sample data and basically gave me some homework assignment. So I was like, that's interesting, but I'm not interested. You know, I'm just like not interested in investing any time in there because you didn't actually hurt me. But as you said, if you were like, you know, that's typical and uh, let's just go, you know, check the interface and everything, I would have done the homework assignment. So I think that's a very good point there. Yeah. In my book, I sit back and say, there's a couple of ways to actually look at this. And one is obviously clarify with questions. John, let me repeat back what I think I heard you say. Is this what you're asking me? Clarify with questions, because usually there's a, a, a question behind the question. Yeah. So what you really want to find out what the real objection is, right? You know, the other way is to try to validate the objection. John, we've heard that a lot. All right. What we've heard, though, is um, step one. When people actually get to step two, they sit back and go, why do I even think that way? Mm -hmm. And the third thing is to offer analogies. John, it was the same way when I first started riding my electric bike. I got on the electric bike. I go, this is stupid. You know, I don't need this. I don't know how to figure things out. I, it was a lot of money. I'm going to return it because it was just a stupid purchase. But then all of a sudden I got used to it and I read a little bit on the manual and I'm like, well, I don't have to do this all the time. And now it's one thing I don't even use anymore because I found other things that the bike can do. So it's kind of like that initial objection, that initial emotion, you know, people hate the change. And when yeah. you're offering yeah. something that, that says you may have to change, I'll give you a thousand reasons why now's not a good time. I don't want to change. You know, I don't need, and it's hysterical. So from the objection handling point, you know, the first thing we can offer is to try to classify the objections you hear the most under those four categories we just talked about. Yeah. Second, try to make sure that you practice agreeing with the objection. It's not easy. So when someone says, this isn't a good time, what do you, what do you say? Unless you practice, John, I fully understand that now may not be the best time. However, if you give me five minutes, John, you know, and, and we all know however and but, and, and all those words are bridges, but at least I've made you feel like you've been heard. I've acknowledged that you've said that. Yeah. Number one, classify under the four categories. Number two, try to make sure we agree and practice doing that. And then number three, come up with some sort of question to start the conversation again. Maybe a good kind of strategy for handling objections. Love it. I think that's 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 interesting, and I think also handling objections is really about the attitude you have uh, about it and the confidence. And obviously, practice makes perfect on that. Because, for example, my brother today was asking, okay, when someone says, "Hey, send me more details," you know, just send me more information. That's often a good way for them to get rid of a salesperson. So one thing I notice when people are, "Hey, send me more details" or whatever, is to kind of. Uh, just diffuse the uh, the the how to say the, the the objection by saying okay, I would love to send you that. What I found is that when people tell me that, it's just because they want to get rid of me, and that's okay. <laughs> so if you want to get rid of me, I'm fine. We can end the call today. But you know, I don't. I want to make sure if I send you something, you're going to be able to read it, and I'm not going to clog your mailbox. And when you do that, what you see is people often are like, oh no, but they kind of feel guilty of saying no, and then they just give you the real objection they have where. It's not something we want right now or, you know, and, and you, you kind of like, you can still handle it or you can just understand that the deal has no energy and is not qualified. Yep. 
Yeah, that's a great tactic to use, without a doubt. I also like to use gaps. If I can create a gap, then I've got room to actually try to figure out where you're at and where you want to be. So if I heard someone say, send me some stuff, you know, probably now is not a good time. I would say, John, let me ask you a question. In three, six months from now, if you had something like this, what would you be doing differently? I mean, if you had this thing up and running, whatever it may be, what potentially could you, could you be doing differently? If you had this three months ago, what would you, I'm going to time travel to try to create a gap. Because if I can't create a gap, then there's really no need. You know, everybody's kind of, you know, fat, dumb, and happy. So a tactic that I use quite a bit is time traveling, either backwards, if you had this three months ago, what would you be doing differently? Or as you just mentioned, trying to going forward, you know, happy to understand now is not a good time. But let me ask you a question. If you had this three months from now, could you just give me an idea what you'd be doing differently? Well, I don't know if I'd do anything differently. That's interesting because what we have found is when people start using something like this, the first thing they kind of eliminate is working weekends or, or whatever else it may be, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And it brings us to this topic, which is the transfer of ownership, where when you actually do this time travel, you get people to use the tool and use the idea and the concepts and do this, you know, if it works, do this transfer of ownership. And a good example of transfer of ownership I had recently is that, as you know, I just had a son. Uh, my wife and I is five weeks old. And what we see, we have a lot of friends in the same age. And as you know, when you hit 30, something like that, everyone's expecting that you have to have kids. And people are starting thinking, worrying, wondering. And when they get and grab the baby and hold the baby, you can see the transfer of ownership happening. And they're like, oh, this is how it feels. You know? And then yeah. I'm like, I bet 80% of people who grab my baby who are my age will have kids in two years. <laughs> so that's the <laughs> transfer of ownership that I think you can create with the objection handling tool. Well, maybe we should start selling infant infant clothes and infant shoes and stuff to to, to meet that demand there. Absolutely, some M three learning uh, uh, swag that would. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's it. M three learning infant wear. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with some sort of line on that. So, bottom line, objection handling is part of sales, without a doubt, and being prepared for it, rather than you know feel like I've got to overcome it. And you, you the, the the initial thing we see quite a bit is argumentative you're wrong um boy um no that's not right um no 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 you you, you don't understand you know that, that that argumentative is not gonna let the customer feel heard and that's where you want to start with you want to start with them for trying to feel heard acknowledge their objection how agree with it you know we, we call it flow of the river right so if everybody's undertaking any martial arts you know, you don't block energy. You use energy as a weapon. So yeah. you go with the river rather than walking up the river. Same thing here, flow of the river. When given an objection, flow with it, agree with it. Mm -hmm. Now that you're using that energy, you could take it left, you could take it right. You could do feel, felt, found. You could do agreed, deflect, degree. There's numerous objecting tactics and handling ex your exercises. But I highly recommend that you practice practice trying to agree with objections because it's harder than you think yeah absolutely and if you want to get more details i'll put the link to the outbounding book that people can get on amazon and pretty much everywhere there's yeah. a lot of great uh, great stuff about uh, handling objections and remember on the m3 learning website there's a course for for outbounding i mean that's fine mm -hmm. but we've also put four or five maybe even six videos 
in a free block there. So if somebody wants to watch two, three, four, five, three minute videos on outbounding, and I think there might be some on objection handling in there, they can do it for free. So just go to the M3 Learning website. I'll drop the, the links in the show notes. Cool. Good. That was great, Skip. And uh, yeah, great, great lessons. And thanks for sharing all that. No, fun. Always good. Have a good uh, week there. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklist, and exclusive resources. You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up. 